Inshallah, we're now starting the uh, third lecture for today, which is the virtues of the Prophet وسلم, and his companions. So, inshallah, without further ado, we'll start now. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulullah wa ba'd. I think we had one point left from the last lecture, was point 71, was that after people enter into paradise and hell, death will be brought in the form of a beautiful ram. And the hadith explains that when, you know, death comes in this form of a ram, the people in paradise will be asked to, um, do you recognize this? And they'll ask the people of hell, do you recognize this? And the people of paradise will feel, will be afraid that that perhaps, you know, death will come and their, their, their blessing in paradise will come to an end. And the people in hell will feel rejoiced because maybe they, they see an end to the torment that they're in. And then uh, death will be slaughtered, and it will be said, O oh, inhabitants of paradise, you know, you will remain there for eternity, there will be no death. O oh, inhabitants of hell, you will remain there for eternity, and no death. And the people of paradise will rejoice greatly, and the people of hell will feel great remorse and sadness because they know that there's no escape for them from the predicament that they're in. So, <clears throat> do we have any questions regarding what we... Uh, went over last time um, with regards to you know believing in whatever the Prophet وسلم, informed us whether we have witnessed that or not or whether we understand that or not and likewise regarding faith in the last day is there any questions? Yes. Okay, so the brother is saying that, you know, we, we sort of highlighted about the d- great distress people will face on the Day of Judgment. Are there any, you know, prayers that one can say, or are there any deeds that one can do that will help alleviate that stress? And if you look at the Hadith, you do find certain things that can help. Like, for instance, um, when the sun is drawn near, only certain groups of people will be in, under the shade, in the shade of, of Allah's throne, and will not you know, have the sun beating down on them. You know, one, one of it is a, a man whose heart is attached uh, to the, the masjid. Uh, one group of people is, as the Prophet ﷺ said, is, you know, two people who loved each other and then parted in this world only for the sake of Allah. Uh, one is, 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 is a, um, a youth who grows up in the obedience of Allah. Another is a man who is, you know, a woman of, of beauty and status presents herself to him and yet he you know turns back and saying I fear Allah so I mean <clears throat> these are actions that people can do in this world that will help you know alleviate that I mean if you're a young person and you stay in obedience of Allah I mean that's a way to win the shade uh, and not be under the sun if <clears throat> you are an older person to have your heart attached to the masjid and to constantly stay in the masjid as much as possible to pray you know, and so forth. So you become attached to the masjid. That's a way to uh, alleviate that uh, concern. Uh, likewise, the Prophet ﷺ indicated that <clears throat> that one of the that when the people cross the bridge, on one side of the bridge will be the Prophet ﷺ praying to Allah that that servant passes it and it succeeds and you know doesn't fall. And on the other side of the bridge will be 
الرحم the ties of the womb so in other words that if a person keeps his ties of his of the womb you know keeps his family relations that's a reason why that assists in crossing over the bridge okay uh, likewise uh, when it comes to as we discussed um, <coughs> when it comes to approaching the uh, the basin the pond of the Prophet those who drink are those who follow the Sunnah those who innovate it you know, will be taken away from that so sticking to the Sunnah is a way to receive that drink from the Prophet's basin so you know, if you look at what I'm trying to say is if you look at the, the collection of hadith and the uh, uh, regarding what happens on the day of judgment uh, and the different stages that people pass through it will assist you. Just like in the same way when <coughs> that when the Prophet ﷺ said regarding the, the torment of the grave, that the majority of the torment of the grave occurs uh, due to people, you know, not taking care of themselves when they urinate. Uh, and likewise for people who, you know, p- gossip and, you know, um, backbite others. That the majority of the, the, the torment of the grave results from this. So, by refraining from speaking ill about your Muslim brother, right, speaking, you know, backbiting him, and by also ascertaining that when a person, you know, that when he, when he does use, responds to the call of nature, that, that you know that you do not allow, um, you know, urine to fall on your clothing or on your body, but that, you know, you, you clean yourself properly, you take a few moments to do that. I mean, this is a way to preserve, you know, to cut off one of the great reasons of the torment of the great comes. And in the end, I mean, success in the hereafter and the ease that a person will face in the hereafter is based upon how he is in this world, you know. I mean, it's, it's this, the path that we travel in this world, the straight path, is the same path in the hereafter, and it will be a reflection. So, you know, re, so sticking to the straight path in this world and sticking to Allah's obedience, you know, makes what we fall, face in death and thereafter easy. And, 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 and being deviating from the straight path in this world and not sticking to that path makes what we face from, from death onward difficult. Okay. Um. Yes. As, as far as <coughs> death being slaughtered, yes, that's in the hadith, and, and we were just talking about that. As far as it being offered to the mu'minin as a feast, I, I don't know. I've never heard that. I mean, it might be, there might be a hadith or that, that affirms that, but I, I don't recollect reading a hadith regarding that, so I can't say. So, uh, <coughs> so um, okay, if there are no more questions on, on what we reviewed in the last lecture, we can go forward. Um, so, uh, we're, I guess, on point 2072. Yeah. Uh, Ibn Qudama says, Muhammad is Allah's messenger, the seal of the prophets, and the master of the messengers. So here, he mentions three qualities of <coughs> the prophet, وسلم, that the prophet is Allah's messenger, and not only Allah's messenger, but he's the seal of the prophets, and he is the master of, of the messengers. Well, yes? No, it's okay.
Yes, uh, yes, I'll, I'll shed light on that on that uh, issue in a moment, um, <clears throat> uh, if, if you may. The um, <clears throat> but first, I want to discuss what the term messenger and prophet, which we the translations, and what do those terms mean in the Arabic, and then, then I'll come to your question. Um, <clears throat> the um, I mean, what is traditionally or <clears throat> often translated as prophet? <clears throat> excuse me, in, uh, from in English, uh, is the Arabic word Nabi. And the word Nabi in Arabic uh, has two meanings. It means the one who is informed <clears throat> and the one who then informs. So the one who is informed by Allah and then informs others. Because that, that's what the, morning, the word uh, and Nabi means. I mean, it comes from the Arabic root Naba'a. According to the, the, the strongest <coughs> uh, argument, and <coughs> as far as the word Rasul, messenger, uh, it means he who is sent. So, you know, which we translate as messenger. So, I mean, the translation of messenger uh, to Rasul is, is is close, because Rasul means he who is sent, and messenger is one who is sent. But when you say prophet in the English language, right? Uh, in the English language, the word prophet, all it means is the one who informs of something. It doesn't have in the English meaning that he was informed by Allah, you see? And so that's why you can say somebody, you know, if he informs of the future, whether he's truthful or not, you, they, they can call him, you can call him in the English language as a prophet. But in the Arabic language, you couldn't call him that. You would call, you would call a false prophet a mutanabbi. You see, the word changes, because the word nabi, in the, according to the Arabic language, means that he was informed by Allah, and then he informs. So in, in Arabic, what we would call, say in English, a false prophet, to make that distinguish, we, we say, is, what is in Arabic was called is mutanabbi, which means that he has claimed that for himself, you see. So that's, that's one of the problems when you try to translate the word nabi to prophet. I mean, there's, <coughs> the word prophet in the English language only has half of the definition for the Arabic. It just means one who tells, whether he's truthful or false in what he tells. Now, <coughs> every, <coughs> every nabi... Or every Rasul is a Nabi, but not every Nabi is a Rasul. <clears throat> in other words, if somebody is informed by Allah and informs others, that's one grade. But that he's a Rasul, a messenger, is a higher grade. And the difference is, is that the messenger, the Rasul, he comes with a new Sharia, a new law. But the Nabi <clears throat> is a prophet who revives the previous law. He doesn't come with a new Sharia. <clears throat> That's the difference between the two, <clears throat> and and also <clears throat> for in order for a person to be a nabi, uh, he has to have certain characteristics. One of it is that he has to be a male. I mean, there, uh, a nabi could not be a female. There's no female prophets, and the reason why is because one of the duties that the the NBA, the, the prophets have, is that they are in charge of their nations, and they are like shepherds to the, their nations. And so therefore, as a shepherd, this is his flock. He has to take care of them. And so he's responsible for them. And so therefore, you know, the role of a, of a Muslim woman, right, is, is one where she's sort of secluded from the public sphere in the sense that, you know, the best place for her is, is her home and, and, and so forth. And not to engage the public, but the prophets, they have to command good and forbid evil and wage jihad. So therefore, the prophets are, I mean, always men. <coughs> Now, what the brother mentioned about <coughs> the issue of the describing the Prophet ﷺ as the master of messengers, how, how can we understand that? Especially when the Prophet ﷺ informed us 
that we should not, as, as the brother said in the Hadith al-Bukhari, that do not overpraise me uh, and uh, as the Christians overpraised Jesus, the son of Mary, but call me the servant of Allah, the slave of Allah, and his messenger. <coughs> that Hadith occurred when some Arabs became Muslims and they came to the Prophet and they said, you are our master and the son of our master and you are our best and the son of our best. So the Prophet said that. But at the same time, the Prophet said another hadith. He said, I am the best of the children of Adam. I am the leader of the children of Adam, the, ma- the master of the children of Adam. But I say this without pride. And likewise, the Prophet has said another hadith. When um, he said another hadith, he said, Do not, you know, um, say I am better than Yunus, the Prophet Yunus. And another hadith, he, he criticized Muslims who were saying that he was better than Moses. So, h- how do we understand all these hadith? <clears throat> the point is, is that if a Muslim raises the rank of the Prophet ﷺ in a manner which disparages the other Prophets and is forbidden, and this was the reason why the Prophet ﷺ, you know, criticized some Muslims when they raised his rank over Moses, over Musa salam. Because those Muslims, they went to the Jews in Medina, and they said, you know, our prophet is better, and so by doing that, they, you know, denigrated Musa, but Musa is our messenger. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, regarding the fast of Ashura, the fast which Muslims observe tomorrow, uh, the day when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Moses and the children of Israel from Pharaoh, Allah, the Prophet ﷺ said, we are more deserving of Musa than, than them. Because we are upon the same message. We haven't changed the message. We are in the same message that, that Musa brought while the Jews have deviated from that message. And likewise, the Prophet also you know, said to the Muslims, do not say that anyone is better than Yunus. Because the Prophet Yunus, I mean, as Allah tells us in the Quran, you know, became angered, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested him and he was swallowed by the whale. And had he not been, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, from those who seek forgiveness, he would have remained there until the Day of Judgment. But when he was in the, the belly of the whale, he said, you know, he said the dua that, you know, subhanaka, uh, glory be unto you, I am from Allah, glory be unto you, Allah, I am amongst those who have caused, you know, have caused injustice to my soul. So he was thrown off to the... In, and onto the shore. So some Muslim might read that passage and then he might come and he might say, well, you know, this is the Prophet Yunus, he did this act, and so I'm better than the Prophet Yunus, you see. So the Prophet says, let no one say that he's better than the Prophet Yunus. So, and likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the brother correctly pointed out, that in the Quran, Allah tells us in Surah Al-Baqarah, in a, a couple of passages, that you know, لا نفرق بين أحد منهم. That we do not, you know, make any distinguish بين أحد, you know, between any of his messengers. There, in the Quran, in Surah Al-Baqarah. So, so therefore, what does that mean? That means that as as Allah says in the other passage, that we do not believe in some and disbelieve in others. But in terms of the the messengers having different ranks. We, we discussed earlier when we discussed the, this, the, 
the passage uh, regarding Allah's speech. We, we pointed out an ayah in Surah An-Nisa where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that He has raised some messengers above other messengers. So the, the prophets and the messengers are ranks. The rusul, the messengers, are as a group more of a higher rank than the prophets. And amongst the rusul, amongst, amongst the messengers, you have the five messengers which are mentioned in Surah Al-Ahzab and Surah Al-Shura, which are known as Ulil Azam, those of firm resolution. And they're the, the highest ranks, you see. So, <coughs> that, that they occupy ranks, that in itself is, a tr- is correct. But we shouldn't do it, in a, when we mention it, in a way which leads us to deify the Prophet ﷺ, which is the shirk which we're forbidden from. Because that's what the Christians, and that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, do not praise me as the Christians praised Jesus. And likewise, we should not say, mention the virtues of the Prophet ﷺ in a way which disparages the other prophets. But if we relate it without disparaging the other prophets, and without overpraising the Prophet ﷺ, that we're just stating a fact. And, and that's, that's part of what the Prophet ﷺ taught us. So I don't know if that clarifies the... Right. Well, yes, well, I mean, the Prophet ﷺ said that he was the master of the children of Adam. So, I mean, you know, to say, so that the fact that he's a master of children of Adam, that includes the other prophets and the rest of us. I mean, Sayyid, Sayyid. I mean, you know, Sayyid, I mean, when I translated this, I mean, I thought the closest word in the English language to the word Sayyid was master. No, not king. No, not the king, but Sayyid, I mean... I mean, the word Sayyid in the Arabic language, you know, has the meaning of, like, a leader, and has the meaning of, like, the, the, the most noble of, 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 the, of the people, and in that sense. So, you know, I mean, and so, you know, I don't know. I mean, if somebody felt there was a word better than master, that's fine. You can cross it out and put that word. I mean, or just put the word Sayyid, and that's fine. Okay. So... <coughs> Then, then, so then Ibn Qudama mentions, he says, the faith of a slave is invalid until he has faith in his message, meaning in the message of the Prophet wasallam, and testifies to his prophethood. After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, there is no recourse for any human being except to follow the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. I mean, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to us the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, one cannot... Even if one was to imagine that the message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Prophet Isa alayhi salam, or the message which he gave the Prophet Musa alayhi salam, that it was still intact and unchanged, and it was amongst a group of people, they would have no recourse but to believe in the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Because this message abrogates the other message. Abrogates it in one sense, in the not not abrogates it in the fundamentals. I mean, the fundamentals of belief and the fundamentals of worship and the fundamentals of behavior and character are the same. Are the same throughout. But in terms of the practices, specific practices, those have, I mean, have been abrogated. Some of the specific details. But in the fundamentals of belief and worship, it's the same. This is something very important. I mean, you know, that we need to reflect on 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to all of humanity. And how do we now begin and convey to, I mean, the other human beings that are, have not entered into Islam and that their peoples are peoples who have not as a whole you know, accepted the prophethood of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa either because they're unaware of him or they rejected him. I mean, irrespective of the reason. How do we convey to them, how do we inform them of who the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is and, and, and that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was sent to them? I mean, you find many people, I've met many people who will come to you and say they have some knowledge of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they say, yes, I believe that he's a prophet of Allah. But yet they don't believe in him because they don't recognize, they don't know that the Prophet ﷺ was sent to them and that their faith is invalid in Allah until they believe in him. And in the sense that not just recognize that he's a prophet but are willing to follow the Quran and the Sunnah, his law and his Sharia that has come with them. And I've met other people who've said that, well, you know, Muhammad ﷺ is a prophet but to, to, to you people. So I, I, I asked her, the woman, I said, well, what do you mean? Uh, you people, she means, you, know, you people who are, who are dark, you know. I said, I said no, I mean, the Prophet was sent to, I mean, all, all people. So, I mean, as the Prophet said that he was sent to, you know, to red and black. So, red and black would mean that he's sent to either red, meaning the jinns, because, you know, fire is the flame, is usually like a red in color, and black meaning human beings because of the earth, or red and black meaning he was sent to the people of, you know, of, um, who have, I mean, of white, because the Arabs call white people red, because you can see red in their cheeks, so, like people like from Europe and so forth, and, you know, blacks would be like the Arabs, and, you know, people of darker complexion, people from Africa and so forth, so, you know, I mean, so that's a misconception, right, that people have, and a lot of people don't know who the Prophet Muhammad is. I mean, if you tell them, I'm a, I mean, I remember one time, I mean, you know, you meet people and and, and you say, I'm a Muslim, and well, what's a Muslim? You know, what's, uh, we, we read the Quran, what's the Quran? We, we follow the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who, who is Muhammad? They don't know, they've never heard. So how, how are we going to convey this point to them? When we have to convey them to Tawheed, that they have to worship Allah alone, right? But how do we convey to them to let them know that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has sent to them a messenger, who came in Arabia some 1400 years ago and his name was Muhammad and this was his message and this is the book that he came with Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam how do we do that? so I want to hear at least one or two suggestions uh, from the brothers and we'll continue on yes brother introduce so how would you propose now to introduce the people of Flandin uh, the Quran well, I mean, if you had, let's say you had the resources available, what, what would be the steps that you would take? I mean, what, 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 you know, how would you go about introducing people to the Quran? What would you do? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's true. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's true. But what I'm trying to say is that how would you? I mean, you you suggested that we present the Quran. So how would you present the Quran to the people of London? I mean, what would you do? Would you open a radio station which would read Quran? Would you distribute Qurans at the different tube stations? What would you do? What do you think the way would be to present the Quran? To? How would you go about doing? Okay. Okay. Inshallah. Yes, brother. Okay. Okay. So you would point to them as mentioned. Yes, brother. That's okay. <laughs> the miracles of the prophet. Like Alright. Yes, this Rashid. Okay. Yes, brother. Okay. Alright. Well, Muslims matter and character. Yes, uh, that's true. So, you know, I mean, these are, I mean, all, you know, good ideas, but you know, I think, I mean, and I, I think they're all correct, but what I mean, the one that I liked, like, like the most was what the brother said just before last week about having, like, a school book distribution, because now we've taken the good idea and we've actually, you know, put it some sort of, you know, vehicle to, to transmit it. I mean, you know, like, so we need to, I mean, think of the ideas, like when the brother said that, for instance, about science, that that's very good, okay? But how do we go about, you know, conveying that to masses of people? Because if we just, to go to, on a one-on-one, -on -one, you know I'm saying, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, we can only meet so many people in our lives. We only have certain much time to talk to people. And the idea is that how can we, like, I don't know how many people live in the city of London. I mean, how... Seven million, right? So, I mean, how, how could we reach seven million people? I mean, this is a responsibility that we have. I mean, how can we at least, or at least have the guidance available for them that if any of them wants to find it, that they can find it and not be like what I would imagine that if you really, you know, if you went down the street where the Monteta is, you know, I would imagine that, you know, probably a lot of people don't even know, you know, this building and <laughs> these people coming in and out and, you know, don't, you know, know. I mean, I, I'm, perhaps I'm you know, I mean, speaking unjustly, I mean, maybe, maybe there is some sort of program to introduce the neighbors, but, I mean, in a lot of places, there's, there's not that, and so, you know, a person will be living on the street with a mosque for 20, 30 years, and will never <coughs> enter, and will feel that it's not wanted, and so forth, so, these are just things for to think about, and I think brothers should start um, putting it into, into, try to think practical plans and work to start applying that, and so forth. Okay, so let's continue, and then we can maybe bring up some more discussion uh, further on. Um, but thank all the brothers for their, for their comments. Um, now, then the Ibn Qudama says in paragraph 74, Humanity will not be judged on the Day of Judgment except after his intercession. So and we discussed this before, that when you know, the people are waiting to be judged, according to the Hadith and al-Bukhari, you know, that people will find it, the, the pressure and the, the stress is just too great. So some human beings will go to Adam, and then Adam will refer them to Noah, and then Noah to Ibrahim, and then Ibrahim to Musa, then Musa to Isa, alayhi salam, and then finally to Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when the Prophet, sallallahu intercedes, then the judgment starts. 
likewise, no ummah will enter into paradise except after his ummah. I mean, one of the, the Prophet wasallam said in a hadith that we are the last but the first. I mean, we're the last ummah that has appeared because as the brother said, I mean, this is the final revelation. So we're the last ummah. I mean, all of us, we're the last ummah on, on this earth. Okay? But yet we'll be the first to enter into paradise. You know? And so this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, the Prophet is the possessor of the banner of praise, the praise station, and Maqam and Mahmud. The praise station is ref- refers to that intercession, because the, that, that one place where a person is only belongs to one person, that he can go and, and, and bow down under the throne of Allah, which also the, the judgment starts. And the Prophet hoped that it would be him, and it, and it will be him as he informed us. <coughs> this is in Maqam al Mahmud. And the Prophet ﷺ told us to ask Allah to grant this praise station for the Prophet ﷺ, and that if we did so, the Prophet ﷺ, then Allah will grant for us that the Prophet would intercede for us uh, on a personal level. So w- when does that occur? How do, how do we ask for the Prophet ﷺ from Maqam al-Mahmud? At the Adhan? Or? After the Adhan, right. So what happens after the Adhan? Huh? So tell us the tell us the dura. So you don't know the dura. Oh, this is a problem. So well, we need to we need to know we need to we need to learn the dura. This is an important dura to learn, and you know it's a dura that if we you know you say it for three, four, five days, you you've memorized it if you put it on a piece of paper. So who here knows? I play. Okay. That's the basic draw, but there are some words in there which, uh, I mean, didn't come from the hadith, like, you know, Sayyidina and Adarja Rafiyat. Okay. Okay, so. Inshallah, Tara. So, uh, your name over there? I forgot. Suhail. Okay, so brother Suhail, I mean, has has said the dua correctly. Okay, so any brother who wants to learn the dua can can sit with brother Suhail. Inshallah, Tara. I'm sure brother Suhail. Uh, so I'm sure brother Suhail will be glad to teach him the dua or write it down for him in in, in English Latin letters. Inshallah, Tara. Right? Inshallah. Huh? Well, there are some some words that are you know I mean that didn't come from the hadith. So okay, then then sit with Brother Suhail. His 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 uh, narration was the more correct one. So in Shaita, So so that's that's the praise. And and the visited pond or visited basin. We discussed that the the basin with the believers will come and drink from it. Whoever drinks from it once, he'll never. Okay, he's the leader of the prophets, I mean the imam of the prophets, in the sense that he led them in salah, right, during the isra and the mi'raj. Uh, he's their preacher and the possessor of their intercession, in the sense that you know, they cannot intercede before he intercedes. His ummah is the best of all communities, of all ummah, and his companions are the best of the companions of any prophet. So this is, you know, from the blessings of, of our, you know, ummah, and... The other thing is that we should understand that the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is two groups. The Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam are two groups. There are those who have responded to the message, and there are those who are the Ummah in the sense they're the ones who are being called, right? 
So we are the Ummah of response, because we've responded. We all say, La ilaha Allah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Now the Ummah, which is to be called, that's all the other human beings on the face of the earth today. In fact, every single human being since the time he was sent, from the time when he received the message, until the Day of Judgment. In fact, even the jinns. Okay, we're all two groups. We're all his Ummah. And some of us are the Ummah who have responded by Allah's grace and mercy, Alhamdulillah, we are from them, then there are those who are to be called, and those are the remaining human beings and the, the jinns who are not Muslims. Okay. So now we can discuss some of the, uh, you know, since Ibn Qudama said that the Prophet's companions are the best companions of any Prophet, meaning what? That the companions of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam those who were with him were better than, as a group, were better than the disciples who were with Isa, alayhi salam. And those who were, you know, with the Prophet, were better than the companions who were with Musa, alayhi salam. So, or those, they're better than those who were with the, with the Prophet, you know, Noah in, on the ark, okay? Uh, in fact, the, 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 the Christians in, in Syria and Palestine when the Sahaba, when the Prophet's companions went there, the Christians immediately, a lot of them became Muslims just when they saw the Prophet's companions. Because in them, they could see that these people were, you know, like and better than, than what they had heard from the, about the disciples and so forth. And they could just tell from them, you know what I'm saying? As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the end of Surah Al-Fatih, you know, سِيْمَاهُمْ بِوَجُوهِهِمْ مِنْ أَثْرَ That, you know, their marks are in their faces from, from them, from their prostration, from the effects of their prostration. So, the light and the, and the, the you could tell that, you know, these people were people of piety and, and, and people who came from a profitable eyes. And, um, um, I, I'm sure, uh, was perhaps with some of us over here, You've, you've perhaps come to a time where some you've met some people and people who are non-Muslims and who've just you know seen you and they've said there's you know there is something special about about you or I mean I know in America this happened a lot of times brothers have said that they you know have uh, you know walked by or you know a place and people have you know stopped and just you know come to them and say you know who who are you you know because they felt that these people were you know one brother he was walking and. Uh, is wearing his white thobe and so forth, and the people stopped. So he was walking in front of the White House too, which was really funny. And the people were there, tourists, you know what I'm saying? And they stopped, and they they thought he was an angel. <laughs> so, but they, I mean, they were so they were so. I mean, they couldn't imagine, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they couldn't imagine seeing, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> well, it could be just something to do with Americans. I don't know, but uh, but that's and, and and other brothers have said the same thing that they've. You know, for instance, some brothers they've been they they would walk by a church and people would think that this Jesus has come back, or you know what I'm saying, or some people would think that they're a saint or something like that. Because, I mean, you know, they they can see in, they can see in the face of a Muslim, you know what I'm saying, uh, especially if, if a brother is you know dressed like, for instance, in a long white thobe and maybe he's you know covering his head with something like that. I mean, he looks the, the qualities of a person who is a person of worship and of, of character and so forth. So it can affect people in that way. Um, Yes. 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 
mean, the word ummah in the Quran is used in four senses, but you know, but in terms of as you mentioned that it's only in terms of Muslims no because there's an ayah which says there's not a single ummah except that khalat that, a, a, that has passed through it a nadir a warner and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah Nahal وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّتِنَا we have sent in every ummah a messenger so an ummah is, is in general you know and likewise ummah sometimes means a period of time in the Quran and sometimes uh, it means like an imam a leader, like when Allah calls Ibrahim an Ummah, and, and so it has three or four meanings. Um, so the point is, is that the best of this Ummah is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, then Umar al-Farooq, then Uthman, then Nurain, and Uthman is called the possessor of two lights because he married two of the daughters of the Prophet and Ali al-Murtada. May Allah be pleased with them all. And the evidence to that, that Abu Bakr, then Umar, then Uthman, then Ali, is the fact that Abdullah ibn Umar, the, uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab's son, and one of the companions of the Prophet wasallam, uh, said that we used to say while the Prophet was alive, that the best of this ummah is Abu Bakr, then Umar, then Uthman, then Ali, and this would reach the Prophet and he would not reject that. So the Muslims themselves would say that, you know, during the time of the Prophet wasallam's lifetime, that the best of this ummah is Abu Bakr, then Umar, then Uthman, then Ali. And the Prophet ﷺ would hear that and he wouldn't, you know, correct them. I mean, had that been wrong, he would have corrected them. It would have been required for the Prophet ﷺ to point at this mistake. And likewise, Ali himself said the best of this ummah after its Prophet is Abu Bakr and then Umar. And if you wish, I would name a third. And Ali said this on the member when he was a Khalifa. Uh, after Abu Bakr's death, after Umar's death, after Uthman's death. Uh, when some people started to over, you know, praise him and so forth, you know, he, he said, whoever praises me and says I am better than Abu Bakr and Umar, I'll whip him ten times. And then he said on the member that the best of this ummah is after its prophet is Abu Bakr than Umar, and if you wish, I'll name a third. And then Abu Darda reports that the prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said that the sun has not risen nor set upon anyone outside of the prophets or messengers better than Abu Bakr. So Abu Bakr is the best of, you know, and in terms of the numbers of the prophets and messengers, uh, in a hadith by Abu Dhar, the Prophet told us that there was 124,000 prophets and 313 messengers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to humanity 124,000 prophets and sent to humanity 313 messengers. Uh, Abu Bakr is the most deserving of Allah's creation for the Khilafah due to his merit and preceding others to Islam. And due to the fact that the Prophet ﷺ put, him for, put forward Abu Bakr to lead the companions in prayer. I mean, when the Prophet ﷺ was you know, in his final illness and he was too weak to lead the Muslims in prayer, he, he told Abu Bakr to lead the Muslims in prayer. And likewise, the companions... They, they had a consensus amongst themselves that they gave the bay'ah, the oath of allegiance to Abu Bakr after the Prophet's death. And also by reason, if the Prophet's companions are the best of the ummah, Allah wouldn't gather them, I mean make them agree upon something which is in error. Yes, brother. Well, they don't have any historical reference, and that's why the Shia, in order to prove their point, they have to say that Everything which we have about Islam, right, is not true. 
the Quran has been changed. The Sunnah is not true. Because, and that every, everything, all the Prophet's companions have apostated. Because there's no way they can prove their doctrine unless they say that the whole, everything about Islam is, is, is a forgery. Because there's no evidence to what they say. You see what I'm saying? So, that's why they have to say that. Now, after Abu Bakr, Umar, who is the most deserving to, was most deserving to lead the Ummah, and this is because he was the best of the companions at, at, the, time of, at the time of Abu Bakr's death, and Abu Bakr also chose him to succeed him. And Umar was then followed by Uthman, who was selected by the people of the Shura uh, to, for, to become the Khalifa. And when, when Umar was, was assassinated, he chose six men to select the Khalifa, uh, and these six men were people who the Prophet ﷺ died and was, was pleased with them and they selected Uthman and after Uthman, Ali was the most deserving uh, because all the Muslims at his time uh, chose him as, the, as him being the best of the companions alive at that time so these four men, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman and Ali are what is known as, in, in the Arabic says Al-Khulafa, Al-Rashidin, Al-Mahdiyin so that they are the Prophet ﷺ's successors, and Rashid and Mahdi means what? Rashid means that his belief is is sound, and Mahdi means his conduct is sound. So they're rightly guided in belief and in conduct. And concerning these four men, the Prophet ﷺ said, "It is incumbent upon you to adhere to my Sunnah and the Sunnah of these rightly guided uh, Khulafa successors of of mine in belief and conduct." Hold fast to this with all your might. This is the hadith of Irbad bin Sariya. And the Prophet ﷺ said that successorship upon the model of the prophethood would last after me for only 30 years. And the last of the 30 years was during the khilaf of Ali radiallahu anhu. You know, the Prophet ﷺ said that his ummah would have be succeeded by successors. He would be succeeded in leading the ummah and running the affairs of the ummah by people who would follow the program of the prophethood. In other words, they would, they would, they would deal with the Ummah in the same way the Prophet ﷺ dealt with the Ummah. And then after that, it will re- result in a kingship. And then after that, it would result in a dictatorship. And then after that, it would return back to a khilafah, to successorship based upon the model of the prophethood. And then the Prophet ﷺ was silent. So, you see, it shows that this Ummah in the beginning of this ummah, things were, were, were beautiful and they were great and they were correct because they were following the model of the Prophet ﷺ. Then deviation occurred in this ummah and Islam became strange again. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, since we are the last ummah before the Day of Judgment, things will return back to that blessed state as it was during the time of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, how could this ummah be destroyed when I am in its beginning, and Isa ibn Maryam is in its conclusion. Jesus is the son of Mary. You see, and so that the, so that the times, and that's why, I mean, the, as, as we move, you know, uh, and as we, as we move, you know, towards the last days, and, you know, towards the, the day of judgment, and, you know, things start, you know, separating, and, you know, good and evil become, you know, arrayed for the final, you know, conflict and so forth. You know, this will produce a generation of men and women who will be back upon that model 
of of the of the Prophet Muhammad and 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 you should and you should and you should feel. I mean, there's a lot of things in in the Islamic world which is bad and makes us sad. And but at the same time, I mean, you should see the signs of the re- of the good returning, and it should give you good hope. I mean, imagine this: we're in in London, right? Discussing following the Sunnah of the Prophet you know, trying to revive this religion of Islam, and yet a century ago, right? I mean, it was from this capital, right, that subdued and subjugated the Islamic world. I mean, this is a sign of Allah This is a sign from Allah You know, that you know His truth and His message is going to go. And at the same time, this message is spreading at the time when the Muslims are the most weak and the most persecuted and, and the most, you know, and, and still large numbers of them are ignorant of their religion and so forth, and yet people are coming to Islam, and not just coming to Islam in a, in a, in a deviated form, but coming to Islam wanting to hold fast to the Qur'an, wanting to hold to fast to the Sunnah, trying to spread good deeds, also trying to correct the affairs of the Muslims, not just concerned with their own selves. These are all signs from Allah Azza So, I mean, we should take hope and, you know, know that and just straighten our affairs and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, you know, use us in his obedience. Um, so, so that was regarding that. Uh, and I think we can stop at this point. We can pick up the rest at the, uh, at, at the next, uh, next uh, lecture, inshallah. Subhanahu Inshallah, we just have uh, half an hour's um, tea break. So, inshallah, we'll be starting the final lecture at about uh, 3.30. And bismillah. As-salamu alaykum. What do you usually do, Jim? You just tea break? Hmm? What do you usually do? Just usually just sit here. <laughs> <laughs>